This episode is brought to you by Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. And you, I was waiting for that snappy response uh, we expect from DJ by this point. Oh, I didn't, want, I didn't need a snappy response. I didn't know that. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. You're, we're waiting for your clever snappy response, okay. DJ. <laughs> Let me think of one as you're preparing here. Um, clever snappy response. Remember, you get a beer if you do this right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. Visit them online at tncraftbeermag.com. There you can find articles about beer throughout the state of Tennessee, as well as um, an interactive craft beer map and a list of all the breweries that are within uh, Tennessee at this time. All the breweries? All the breweries in Tennessee. In Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. It's like snappy. Snappy. So yeah, check them out either in store in your favorite pub or online at tncraftbeermag.com. Calm. And scene. And in scene. <laughs> <laughs> This is Chris Hill. This is DJ Loop. And uh, this is the Humble Beer Podcast. We are chilling out at my house today, um, just drinking some beer. And um, actually, I'm going to have to crack open this beer right now for DJ because I promised him if he did that ad well, it would uh, it would end in a, in a good, tasty beer. So, good boy. Yes. I guess that's probably the wrong way to... Apparently, I'm a puppy. Apparently, you're a puppy now. That, uh, that, about this right. is getting weird. That's about right. Eh. I won't, uh, you are kind of a puppy dog. I will work for treats. Yes, yes. Free beer, free beer. Um, so where did you get this fine? I got this fine beer at um, Casual Pint. This is um, Resting Brewface. It's uh, the hop series from um, Mickler's. Um, is it Mickler's? Yeah, Mickler's. And South, or San Diego. Mickler's SD. No, no, I saw no. the SD, I thought South Dakota. But no, Mickler's SD. They're in San Diego, California, which um, I was actually just in recently. San Diego. Yes. Means? Can we say that on the podcast? Sure we can. A well's vagina. That's right. Um, according to Ron Burgundy, anyway. Yeah. Sorry, grandmother. Um... <laughs> She's seen. She's. Yeah. She's seen Anyways, that movie, right? let's. Huh? She's seen that movie, right? Everybody has. No, probably not. No, no. no definitely not. There you go. All right, there's your beer. Um, yes, you gave me the, the 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 frothy one you gave me. Yes, I'm sorry. Well, you know, you know what's interesting though. When I was in Prague, I'm going to say that really pretentiously for as long as I can. When I was I mean, in Prague, um, okay. they really liked to put a good foamy head on most of the beer that they poured. I was actually surprised by it, but yeah, they were here. You know, a lot of people pour more of the, I guess, the Scottish it, style. What is it? The um, when you pour the pint, it's supposed to be like the like a full the, finger. No, it's like the tip of your finger, like the, the mark of your finger. I guess I'm pointing like the knuckle. The yeah, the knuckle. knuckle. Yeah, yeah. Knuckles yeah. how what the what the film is supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know if that's legitimate or not. I don't that's know. What somebody either. told me. 
but I always go up. People tell me, see, if I say the say it vaguely, like that's what somebody told me. People are bound to believe it, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So anyway, so we got this from Resting Brewfest and and par- or Resting <laughs> Brewfest. Uh, that would be a great name for a beer festival. The resting right? Brewfest. <laughs> the Resting um, Brewfest. No, we got this from Mickler, which um, you know, of course, got it through Tony at Casual Pint, and part of the reason he got it is because he was um, he was up at the Craft Brewers Convention up in Nashville at the beginning of May. And um, a lot of brewers coming around. I think over 14,000 people came in for the event um, and actually had you know all manner of beer and brewing and all types of awesomeness here in, um, here. well, not here, but in Nashville, yeah. in Tennessee, close I mean, enough. We're, we're feeling the effects of it in Knoxville because you get, get, get a lot of people learning stuff and getting concepts and, and collaborations and setting up stuff. And, and it was just fun to see my kind of um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all my social medias kind of just blow up with all the brewers in Knoxville and friends I know from people we've interviewed and stuff. And just oh. to see all the everybody and, and people with all the uh, the um, famous um, like rock stars of the crappier world and stuff and getting their picture made. And, and, and you know what I mean? And you, you know they have to be like, soaking up everything yeah. these people are talking these people are saying because they've been doing it for so long yeah and in a conference like that in the state it's going to have to affect all the brewers in the state because i mean and just the collaborations the connections it's going to lead to growth i mean i'm a i'm a soccer guy so i'm like mm-hmm. it's like having the world cup in the united states and how much that translates into people like the, the fans and the and the, the yeah. coaches and stuff like that, and and how it might it might, it might translate it, into the growth of the it, game. It brings a lot of industry yeah. Er, in, yeah. interest. It brings the industry here, and the other cool thing it does on the other side of that is it brings a lot of attention to this region yeah. and what's going on, and some of the great breweries that are here, and some of the great things they're having. Um, earlier, we were having the Saz Smash Pills. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing the Saz right or not, but um, but it's a Black Abbey collaboration with uh, Highwire. Out of Asheville. Asheville, and and part of the reason that that was so um, so cool was you know that's that's one of the things that we've seen filter over the beer we're drinking now, the saws, um, and some other beers we're we're starting to see um, you know kind of the after effects I guess of the conference, the beers that they may have made a lot more of to distribute after the event, but um, you know and you'll, good you'll, beers. you'll get a lot of just craft brewers that that have learned stuff to hone in their craft too. Mm-hmm. To make that that IPA just taste that much better, or that make that pilsner that much cleaner, or crisper, or whatever. I mean, whatever they, all the stuff they learned and the new innovations of what the the industry is doing, and because it was all right there in Nashville, which it was kind of cool to have that couple hours away from Knoxville and and to see how that affects the craft beer industry and in and the, the state and Knoxville from now going forward, and see how people put those new things they've learned and stuff into practice. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, I think it means a lot for, um, a lot for the region to have that and a lot for, um, you know, a lot for the state. So, so yeah, I mean, that's been, that's been really cool. And on the other side, you know, we get things like uh, brew from California that we would never otherwise get unless we actually go to San Diego and actually do try to seek out some of those breweries. So really, really cool. So, Props to Tony um, for having the the forethought to go ahead and buy some of this beer and bring it back and have it hanging out at the Casual Pints. So. And he's he's from the San Diego area, so he probably knew what the 
Mm-hmm. He, he probably knew what the best ones to get from, and he probably had some buddies out there. So yeah. That were in town. He probably got to show, got to show them around. Yeah. Or, yeah, he was, when, when in fact, when I saw him at the Casual Pine, he was like, hey, check this out. And he took me over there, and he's like, here, here are two you need to try. And one was Windy Hill, and I, I think it may have been by the same brewery, but um, very, very good stuff. So really, really enjoyed that. And again, thank you, Tony. Um, so out of that conference, though, I mean, it, obviously we get a lot of good beer. But we also get a lot of, um, you know, a lot of thought comes out of that conference as well. And a lot of emotion, you know, a lot of energy coming out of it. But we get um, things like the Peak Coors, the Peak Coors of Miller Coors, um, writing an open letter. Is that a beer or something? Uh, I, I think it used to be. Yeah. Like back in the day, it used to be something. My favorite thing is that you, like, I guess the, the original Coors, you always hear the older guys. Yeah. They always talk about, back in my day, you couldn't get Coors past the Mississippi. It was a big deal when Coors <laughs> came here. Although, although yeah. you know what? I kind of have that a little bit because I remember it was a big deal when Yingling came in. Yeah, it did because I remember like my brother-in-law going to uh, D.C. to v- visit friends and stuff and bringing trunks full, trunks full of Yingling in, in the state. Yeah. Like, he probably got arrested for bootlegging. I, I, don't know <laughs> if it's, I don't know if you're able to buy it in Kentucky yet, but yeah. I had a I had an old roommate for years that anytime I'd come to Knoxville, he told me to come back with Yingling Black and Tan because yeah. he couldn't get it in Kentucky. I mean, it's it's kind of weird because with their they've got the different distributing laws and you know how it is, but um, when they opened the Yingling opened up in ta- Tampa or Orlando, I think it was Tampa. When they opened up their brewery, and a lot of a lot of places got it in the south, but then there's there's still these gaps in the middle that people that don't that don't have it. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it's it's the it's I mean it's the decent cheap beer I guess you would call it. I mean, yeah. inexpensive I would say. I would I would say it's the you know out of from a budget perspective, it's definitely the lowest price beer that I would just happily drink. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was I was out with some friends. Um, you talk about a surreal situation. I was out with some friends hanging out at McGee Tyson Airport, sitting in an aircraft hangar drinking Yingling last weekend. Nice. And um, that was that was really fun, really cool experience too. Because the guy who um, the reason we were out there was um, obviously we weren't flying while drinking. Just to be clear, we were following FAA regulations to that. But That's one a, of the, is that flinking? Huh? Flinking? Flying while drinking? Flying? I guess it would be That's flinking. Watch. No, we just call flinking with floating and drinking. Oh no, that's 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 just floating and drinking. That's that's different. But. Um, one of the one of the things that was fun about it was the guy who, um, and I'm going on a complete tangent here, but one of the guys who was with us that weekend had flown around the world in a little airplane, like a little single engine um, turboprop called the Mooney 20, or 231, I think is what it was. But um, he had flown the, the path that Amelia Earhart had planned to fly back in her flight, and he flew it for her 80th um the 80th anniversary of her voyage or whatever. So it was um, it was really cool. We did formation flying in those in two planes with that most of the day, and then we were done at the end of the day, drinking beer and hanging out. So had some yingling there <laughs> and um, happily drank it. You know, I mean, it's it's something I've come to say over time, which is, you know, the best beer is the one that's in my hand. It's, you know, the best way to answer any question about what your favorite beer is, especially because I'm indecisive. My wife gives me a hard time for saying I love everything, and I I do love a lot of things, but I'm also like brick sometimes. I love lamp. 
love you lamp. Know, do you really <laughs> love that lamp, or do you just say I love lamp? I love lamp. <laughs> <laughs> do you love Coors? No, 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 no. not at all. But I mean, I mean, and, and, and but, but I could see for someone like Pete why he would be. We, you know, like he, he wrote the open letter uh, just just to talk a little bit about it at a high level. He he wrote an open letter to the brewing industry, basically saying, "Why can't we all get along?" I'm frustrated that you know that the craft brewing industry sees us as the enemy. Like, why can't we be friends? And um, to that letter, there was a response by um, let's see here, who was it? Nico. Um, I cannot remember his last name right now, but Nico's is the guy, and he um, from Nikasi Brewing Company. Or Ninkasi Brewing Company. Sorry, I'm I'm just butchering every name tonight. Um, but but from from this brewery came in and basically wrote a response back. We'll post a link to that on the podcast if you want to go read it. It's really interesting. Um, but the the main thing was just talking about you know the response back, which was, yeah, we're doing this because um, you know you guys aren't playing fair, mm-hmm. and you can't say how can we all get along and then play as dirty as you have been. I mean, like, like putting, they mentioned it in the article, putting, it's like faux craft beers, and the whole, and then that was the whole reason why for the, the, yeah. the, the seal to, to come out, to, to have that notoriety in the marketplace where you can go to your craft beer aisle or go to the beer aisle and see, okay, there's a seal that lets me know this is a local or, or, or independent craft brewery. Exactly. I mean, and, and oh, the craft beer scene, like you don't have that, you you don't have what other people have in other industries. Like you know, a Taco Bell or from the difference between the Taco Bell and the Taco Taco truck, and the difference between a craft gourmet burger shop and then an Applebee's or a McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So you have it's 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 there's no need for that kind of like variation. In the craft beer world, you can put it in, or you can put it like a. Uh, mass-produced beer that's not a in, in a call it something else or put it in a, a nice packaging call it something else besides Coors brand whatever and and it, and it fools the public I mean and for and for me I've been yeah. fooled by it before oh, oh well, yeah. what is what is this and you buy it, then you start reading the label or you Google search it and you're like oh that is actually made by Miller Coors so I mean it's it's one of those things like you have to have that kind of separation between the the the, the big guys and the little guys to to let to let you know what's the, what's the difference and I th- and I think a lot of people know the difference by the taste of more most informed consumers do but they're still they're going to buy the product at least once or twice to know and before they go oh yeah. Yeah, and, and there was like um, there was an instance back in, um, and, and what we're seeing, you know, right now in the industry is, um, and I'll get to my instance in a minute. But what we're seeing right now in the industry is a lot of the breweries that are doing just what you said. They're 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 faking or or they're buying breweries like they bought Wicked Weed and was it well, Miller Coors or AB InBev that bought Wicked Weed? InBev. Well, InBev. My big thing with the Wicked Weed purchase and and. Um, and we and, and I know some people that have worked for Wicked Weed and or did some distributing and stuff for them and yeah and, and and I don't say that their beard their beer has, has dropped in quality or anything I mean I haven't done taste taste tests and stuff like that I mean I've truthfully I've stayed away from their beer a lot because 
of the purchase. And the one of the reasons why I stayed is like away from them is because he came because the owner of Brewer Week Week they came out and they said like oh we've got to join forces with um, uh, the big guys to fight the people of and liquor. And wine. Oh yeah, which that, and I that think is fallacy. Oh which my is, gosh. which which is completely asinine. When uh, like it's like you have that's like saying I'm an apple producer and I'm getting I'm getting together with Big Apple to fight oranges. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting together with Big Apple to fight Big Orange because you know what? When people crave an orange, they we want them to think of apples first. Um, <laughs> it just, it, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. It actually kind of reminds me of a Portlandia sketch with, um, with Steve Buscemi, who we were talking about earlier, where he's a celery dealer and he's in the celery business. And he's talking about how hard it is in the celery business to get celery, you know, to be number one. And it's just this really goofy, um, sketch, but you know, it just, it kind of is to that point. It's that, um, it's that they think that like that particular market is what they need to expand and. We need to be thinking about the higher game, which is all alcohol and spirits, as opposed to, you know, just beer within beer. But I mean, there's niches within niches. I mean, you know, even even within, you know, wine, it's you know American wines versus French wines versus Italian, and you know, even within that, you want a white versus a red. And I mean, you you can just go down. But but they they don't have those arguments in their industry. They they I think for the most part, and I, I could be wrong. I'm no expert in the wine industry, but you know, from what I've seen, you don't have like the you don't have really big wine. I mean, you've probably got some conglomerates and things that own and distribute the wines, but um, they, they're not they're not over there shaking in their pants about craft beer or about the beer industry no. in general. They're looking down their noses at us. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's just silly for him to come out and write that article. Oh, I know. And 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 try to like like act like the hip kid. And act like he's something that he's not, and oh, we're all brewers and stuff like that. And 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 don't get me wrong, like you said, if if I'm out somewhere, like I might at a ball game grab a Miller Coors or a Miller Light or something if that's the only option. Yeah. I mean, if I want just want, I just want a cold beer or something. And but but when I want to have a good quality beer, it's like it's like when you're hungry and you want a burger, and there's the only option is at McDonald's. Sometimes you stop at McDonald's. You don't always have time to get that craft, craft burger, that artisan burger, and I think it's kind of like our Nashville trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like, and when, I think he said he was just like, "Oh, we should like come together all," and I, and I think it's almost a slap in the face to all people who who like have do art mm-hmm. in general. It's like if you're a musician. Or if you're a painter and stuff like that, and you have your own little niche art that's not the mainstream. Oh, you should just conform to the mainstream because it's it's what you should do. You should support the music industry. It's exactly. the music industry argument. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should you should support what we're doing with you know fighting for fighting for um, these legal rights in music versus um, you know trying to be independent and distribute your music digitally because you've got a better audience digitally but we have control over it if we do it our way yeah. so you're going to do it our way i mean it, i mean it's it's an interesting um kind of uh, take for him i don't i don't know why he would want to come out with this i mean i don't know just just maybe try to another way to you know i, I think some of it could be 
and, and we've we've kind of talked about this in the past a little bit. Actually, you're talking about it earlier, but um, how old guys really were nostalgic for Coors. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one time, Coors was, you know, a startup brewery. Mm-hmm. And at one time, they they were the scrappy little guy that was trying to create a beer that people liked. And they had that popularity, and they went through that hipster phase, and they've matured, and they've grown as a company into what they are now. And maybe some of it's Pete looking at the industry going, I'm one of I'm, you guys, too. Like, I used to be here, or I used to experience that. I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for marketing. Too. Like, when they came out with the little snub-nosed bottles, the Coors original yeah. thing, what, and the original snub-nosed bottles... I bought I bought some for a party just because it was the yeah it was it was nostalgic to have that or it was it was a throwback a little throwback hipster little looking bottle mm-hmm. so it was just funny to to have that and I fell for the marketing and I'm the, and the, uh, and we're we're craft we're craft beer through and through but I'm not gonna pretend like he's craft beer yeah it's like you it doesn't make sense for him to to. It was kind of it was kind of a weird even a weird timing during the craft brewers conference for him to even re- release that writer. I know it just it feels it feels so odd and and you know just just to go back to the story I was going to tell earlier too, but like you know there, he just he's missing the hypocrisy of his own company and his own business by being so critical of the industry because um, you know there's things like Tin Barrel Brewing which is Budweiser it wasn't Coors but Budweiser did Tin Barrel and they tried to look like craft brewery they built a whole website around when they were founded and who they were founded by but essentially they were a puppet brewery yeah <laughs> they were a puppet brewery for um for budweiser to try and get into that market and it, and it seems like they're they're kind of getting in and they're, they're they're wanting to you know save their market share as it's being chipped away in double digits every year by the craft brewing industry and um i don't know to me that's just I don't know. I think it's the wrong way to go about it. I like the way Nikos responds to him and says, you know, basically, if you if you cared so much about this with, uh, I can't remember the brewery he mentioned offhand, but, um, you know, why wouldn't you name the breweries that you purchase? Why wouldn't you name them like Miller Coors? Like, I know one of them is Terrapin. Yeah. So you could say Miller Coors Terrapin, you know, or ter- Terrapin brought to you by Miller Coors. Like, why not proudly display it if you're not trying to hide it? Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, you could argue that in some of these cases, like I know with Terrapin and stuff, they've kept a lot of the flavor and they still have some of the same brewing team. They haven't fired everybody. They're not gutting these organizations, which, I mean, props to them for that. If you're going to give credit where credit's due, it's the fact that they're not, for the most part, just buying these up and then run it, letting them run their course and shutting them down, um, which you see a lot of times in other industries where a business really just wants something for a particular asset or a particular thing that they do well, or even a particular group of people. They'll go in and they'll buy a business just for that and take that resource and move on and then spit the company out on the other side. And right now, we're not seeing that happen, but we are seeing a lot of this fake brewing. And um, fake brews, if you will. <laughs> I mean, and that's a whole reason why for the... The crapper is still, and we, exactly. can, we come back. We come back to that, and, and I think, and, and I think that was an ingenious kind of invention by the crappers association mm-hmm. to to keep the create that level playing field. So, and and saying I was, I think I don't know if I may have mentioned on an early cast before that I really want to, I really want um, the brewers association and whatever to get. Like signs and marketing out there in the grocery stores about the seal, because I mean, we know about it because yeah. we read the magazines, 
mm-hmm. and we know that there's a thing, and I mean, and it's been published online, but consumer Joe doesn't know about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think for me, I would, I, I, my suggestion to the craft beer, the craft brewers association, is to get with the the local reps and get with the. Um, thing that is, these local, a lot of these local reps, they they also work. They they're under the the they're distributed by by Miller, like by these um, companies that are also kind of in bed with the with the Miller Coors and the uh, Budweiser. So would the Budweiser want? But the thing that is, but most most of these also have a, a craft brand craft brand rep. So those craft brand reps maybe could put up marketing material saying, hey. This is craft. This is the craft beer section. These bottles and these cans that have this logo are independent craft. Yeah, I like that concept and to get that information out to the general public. And and I think again, we're the humble beer podcast. We're not telling anybody not to drink. No, what what to drink? No, I mean because because for my pride or for my shame, I'll I'll admit I still like Wicked Weed. I still like Terrapin. I. I still like I still like all these beers and and I don't think you have to snub your nose at them, you know. My my big thing is when the quality goes down or when we realize they've gutted it and they've taken the soul out of the company, that's when to me it's time to leave. And um, I don't have a problem with these big businesses acquiring these smaller ones and doing these things, but it's the way they masquerade, it's the way they try to hide it, it's the way that it feels underhanded other brewers that are trying to compete against these because they do provide them and i've mentioned this on previous podcasts because i just happened to literally be in the right place at the right time at terrapin brewing when he when the when the um head uh um gosh what do you call him like the head bar the head bar staff guy who am i thinking of like he'd be the head of the head of the uh not the brewery but the the front house the front, house. Ha- front of house or whatever anyways he he was like their head bartender slash tour guide and he was giving a tour to the Miller Coors folks and I got to be on that tour and he talked about all of what Miller Coors brought to Terrapin to patronize them and make them feel good about themselves but it was it was an interesting perspective on what they had done to actually help them but it does for smaller breweries that can't afford that those those machines to can or those machines to um you know, help them be more consistent with the way their, you know, their system pours their beer and all that. Like, it's, you know, it's a, I almost want to call it unfair. It's definitely unfair to call them craft brew at that point when they're using the same production technologies and have access to the same resources, yeah. you know, that Miller Miller does when they brew, you know, Miller High Life. To me, that's, that's no longer in the same category. So, I mean, just don't call it craft beer. Call it good beer. Call yeah. it flavorful beer, but don't don't call it craft beer. Because craft is a, is even though the definition of it technically keeps on changing, uh, sure. In 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 the industry that that identifies itself as craft, but but it's it's like indie music or like we've we've said that before. Yeah. But but the the, the what what is called in indie music today has has morphed over time. Mm-hmm. So what is what we call craft beer has morphed over time to, to incumbent. To accompany more people because it's it's a it's a tag that kind of we proudly hold. And I'm, I'm saying if you're if you're the wall if you're a Walmart, you can't call yourself a local business. Yeah. So like, tr- you can't do you can't have run ads that say dilly dilly and have 
and make fun of craft beer industry, then then also then then also try to be a part be part of it too. Yeah, I mean the di- the dilly dilly thing that's its own <laughs> that's its own story yeah. right there. I mean, I mean it's clever marketing for their 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 core customers. It, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. it's like something like Trump would say to his core base. <laughs> just to like, just to get them going. It's like because you have those people that lion like, Hillary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's the lion Hillary. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah don't 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 get me no, started. It, this it, is not a political podcast. No, but but it is. It's it's like it's like there's that core group of people that I'm I'm, I'm going to drink Budweiser till I die. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why that guy sounds like Sling Blade, but he does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, but. But thing of it is, so when they do the dilly dilly commercials, those guys get excited. But, but, but it makes like it they're, makes they're fun appealing, of. They're appealing to a very specific base. Yeah, and thing of it is, like the Pete Coors, they they can't. And I know he he's again he's he's about Coors, not M- Mbev, but they can't mock it, and also say claim and talk about, um. The local breweries mocking big beer. I mean, the thing is, the local breweries, we, we, the local breweries and the craft beer industry, they mock big beer, but it goes to a, a lot less voices or a lot less ears than yeah. a, a commercial like Dilly Dilly. Yeah. Or ha- having fake a fake brewery. I mean, and this whole thing, I don't look, I, the thing but is, I don't even look at it. I'm, I used to get get frustrated and be like, it's, it's us against them, but I don't even look at it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, they're just an afterthought, they're there. Yeah, and I want to worry about the the wonderful beers that we have in in, in Knoxville, and yeah. the in the state, and 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 it just so happens if I'm at a at a ballpark or something, and I want a cold brew, and that's the only thing they have, you know what? I'll pick the, that. I'll I'll pick the McDonald's or the I'll pick the McDonald's. Or the I'll go. Oh, I'll, I'll walk up to the counter and go. Oh, do I want McDonald's, Wednesdays, or Burger King? And and I might have a McDonald's, Wednesdays, or Burger King that day. Yeah. A few years ago, I went to a Yankees game. And at Yankee Stadium, the new Yankee Stadium, and um, I was shocked at the number of, um, well, the lack of craft beer there. I mean, I'm not really shocked. I mean, the Yankees, you kind of think oh. of them as kind of the gold standard for generic and, st- and normal, but, um, you know, for, you know, it's like the Yankees of X, the Yankees of this. They're kind of like, well, they're the best at it, but they're that. So they had the Yankees of beer there. They had Budweiser, and they had Heineken, and that was... That was kind of their whole. Um, that was kind of their whole shtick. Was they just had those two or three, um, you know, different and, things. And sport, and, 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 and that was it. And that's what my one thing about some. And that that one thing that I can actually hold a positive to. Um, some of these bigger breweries getting some of these famous breweries getting balled out is that you have more options at a sporting event. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, I don't know if that's the way I want to get more options at a sporting event. But at least that I mean, at least you can get some actually beers that have a little bit more flavor. Yeah. <laughs> at a, at a, at a, while you're watching for your team play, but yeah, I digress on that. But yeah, but I mean, it just you know, it kind of goes into that that whole thing of like, um, yeah, just yeah, it's it's a it, it has its advantages, it has its disadvantages. But the main thing is, quit trying to pretend. Like it matter, like like it matters to you that everybody gets along, because if there's if there's a battle, there's a battle, you know, between craft brewers and big brewers, and I don't even think it see it that way. Like you said earlier, it's an afterthought. Yeah, I'm almost almost I'm almost getting tired of it. 
Yeah, I am too. Like, cause it's cause okay, like okay, it's Budweiser, the Coors. They're over there. Let them do their thing, yeah. and I don't have to like them. But I don't. I'm don't, almost as a as a as a craft beer drinker. I'm like, let's just focus on on craft beer and not even talk about them. And they should be like, okay, let's just focus on on brewing beers for the masses and and don't even worry about craft beer. Yeah, and label your stuff accordingly. We'll label our stuff accordingly and move on. Yeah. Which, speaking of labeling and moving on, <laughs> this is a great beer. I'm enjoying this. Um, the Jolly Ollie. The Jolly Ollie. Or, the uh, Holly. Because we're butchering everything tonight. Yeah. Uh, no, it's the Cigar City High Lie, but it's the oh. White Oak. White Oak High Lie. Delicious. It's, man, it's really good. I like it. When you work at it, when you've worked at a craft beer um, uh, bar or tap room or, or market, the Beer. jolly, the the jolly ollie, or whatever you get it pronounced like five million ways. So I usually make up a little, make use one of the terms somebody's called it before. Well, I mean, Cigar City's been in Tennessee for what a year, two years. Yeah, I mean, a little bit longer than that. A couple, several years now. No, not several. Oh. Couple, maybe, maybe, maybe more. At least three. You think? I don't think it's been that long. I think it's been two. But anyways, it's neither here nor there. The main thing is, it's great that we have Cigar City in Knoxville. Yeah. It makes me happy. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to have their beer. But um, but yeah, so so moving on from that, um, you know, now we are we're talking about Knoxville again. We got some we got some cool news. Got some neat things that have come up in the news recently regarding some of the, some of the local breweries or some of the regional breweries. I really should say, um, regarding Black Horse with um, them announcing a new brewery coming out in uh, Maryville, is that right? Yeah, yeah I think it's going to be their, or Alcoa. Yeah. Right? Which is going to be their main production facility, I guess, for the the area. Which, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I am so happy to hear that. Yeah. Because they have turned, it's, they, they have turned their Knoxville location into their, their everything facility. And look, I love the beer there. I love the fact that they they're able to do production in can out of that facility, but it just it it looks like the, the <laughs> you know what it reminds me of DJ it reminds me of the room we're sitting in right now. It's a little bit of everything. It's yeah. a little bit of a bedroom. It's a little bit of my office. It's a little bit of my gaming room, my entertainment center, and this is just what we call our bonus room. It's mm-hmm. like a beer bonus room. <laughs> if you like craft beer, it feels very much like a punk rock craft beer type of place to go but it feels like if they just got rid of the canning equipment and everything that's in in their knoxville location they could have a really expansive roomy nice restaurant for for people so i'm I'm happy to hear that i'm glad they're finally getting out to maryville and and getting that facility open um plus i mean maryville gets some more beer so that's always awesome Yeah, good food and and, and renditions on the renditions online or the mock-up the mock-ups the drawings look Look yeah. really cool. Have like outside like beer garden area. Yeah, and of course you know we're we're big fans of Black Horse. We've talked about that a bunch on the podcast. Um, we we go there almost every week. Um, you know, but yeah, we we like them a lot, and um, we're happy for them. So that's great. Um, we'll have um, Yeehaw expanding in Pigeon Forge, and yeah. uh, was it Greenville, South Carolina? Yeah, Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, and Pigeon Forge. So they're they're going to be. I think technically they're going to be able to be. Um, well, that's that's neither here nor there. But they're they're brewer, They're you know they're part of our Brewers Association. So 
it'll be cool to see them having a, having that facility. And I think if I understand their strategy correctly, it's to build smaller places where they brew and they do a lot of unique one-off brews there. So don't go and think, oh, well, I can only get, you know, the standard there. They're going to be doing unique beers um, on a smaller brewing system there in addition to their their main main brews that they do. So I think it's a really cool strategy and a cool idea. And, and, and it's a place that... It feels uh, similar think, to Stone is what it feels like. I think they've had, they've, they've, they've had a good concept and they've... They've really pushed that concept, and they've had some good financial backing behind it, mm-hmm. and and then they they're really pushing into it. So I'll, I'll, I'm real interested to see how that grows as a brand across across the southeast. And mm-hmm. I think they're really they really want to be known as the southeastern, the southern beer, yeah, not just the Tennessee beer. This like of course they're of course they're going to South Carolina now, but to be the southern the southern craft beer. So yeah. it'd be kind of cool to see how how that comes into. Um, the picture and stuff like that to see as they grow. Yeah, well, they're they're doing an excellent job of it, and so you know we've we've been meaning to get them on the podcast. It's been a little bit of hit and miss with with getting that strategized, but we definitely want to um, definitely want to have them on soon. So um, you know maybe we can do that as we um, as we brew your birthday beer. Yes, <laughs> I, 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 I've I've talked to my little uh, I talked to Charles, and um, he's he's given it a go. Yeah, talked to him a few weeks back. So, but we'll hopefully we'll we'll get some pictures of. I've, I've started a tradition a couple of years ago. This is my fourth year I've done it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. so it's I, like a year longer than you've done the podcast. Exactly. I think. I know. So I do a uh, I I brew a homebrew for my birthday party every year at the beer market. So hopefully we'll be getting setting that up. Maybe do some some photos of it. Some yeah. video video of it. Get 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 I'll, get I'll you actually be there for the whole thing, thing. this time. Get, get we, you in there and actually brewing. Yeah, coordinate it on a day where I can be there and enjoy it with <laughs> yeah. y'all. So that, that's, that'll be fun. It's something to get get to look forward to. Yeah. And um, in the world of humble beer. Yeah, because Charles has that great that's badass space. Yeah, he does. Just and he's totally doing he's awesome. doing the all he does the all grain class for um the um I saw that homebrewers course. Yeah. So yeah, and they do it. Do they do it at his place too? Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. he has a nice setup, nice system. So, yeah. So ho- hopefully, like it's a still. Or I mean, I know he. I talked to him the other day, so he yeah. said it's a go. Oh man, that's but, awesome. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to your birthday beer. Definitely looking forward to that. And then, and then yeah, there's just uh, there's so much else coming up. I mean, you know, as we're doing this, um, you know, you all know we're doing this every couple weeks now. So. Um, here in a couple weeks, we're going to be right, as this gets released, we're going to be right at the start of, um, if you're in Knoxville and listening and not in one of the other very crazy foreign places that I see us get downloads from, like Ireland, um, or, uh, oh gosh, what was the other one? So, we saw, I can't remember the comp- country right offhand, so I'm not going to say it, but it was in Africa. We've had listeners in Africa. If you're listening out of Africa, hello. <laughs> <laughs> happy to have you listening um but you know if you aren't in the united states and in specifically in knoxville um in june you know we're going to have a couple of big things coming up the tennessee craft beer beer week of course or knoxville craft beer week sorry to be more clear is coming up and when is that dj it's going to be june what i had it keyed up on my phone and then i have something lost it by the way i have something cooking for the also, crap your week. I didn't even tell you yet. What? Yes, I'll tell you off later, but it's, oh, okay, it's a tease. But, 
Okay. Jeez. Okay. Okay. I think I have an interview lined up. Oh, do you? Do yeah. you? Yeah. Don't don't make it live because we've missed our ability to like get in and be listed in the the events. Oh, we have. We, we've missed it. We've missed that. But we can. We still, we're still going to do it anyway. We can do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I know. We, we we can totally do it. I'm just saying. Like, anyways. So we'll talk about that later. Um, next podcast, I guess. Hear the announcement for what that is, and you'll definitely hear it on the podcast when when it actually happens. So. That said, June 9th through 16th, now that I got my my, my stuff together, um, June 9th through 16th is considered Knoxville Craft Beer Week. And um, yeah, there's a lot more events that are popping up online. They've actually got them all published now officially. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. We're talking about it again. Um, and then we've got uh, Brewfest for the, is it the fourth year they're doing that? Fifth year? It's, what, it's been since like two days. It's more than that. Yeah, I don't know why I'm thinking fourth or fifth. Fourth or fifth year I've been. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm thinking. Um, but they're having the, the 2018 edition of the Knox Brewfest. Um, for some reason, I thought they were numbering it, and then I realized, no, the number they're putting beside it's the year 18, 17, 16. Anyways, I am I am a genius tonight. Clearly, the beer is getting it's to me. It's the sixth or seventh year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been around for quite a while. I have to, I have to count in my head. I don't, I'm not sure. And of course, if you don't know, it goes to a good cause. It goes to Cure de Shins every year. The um, all the profits and proceeds from the event go there. Yeah, get so, your tickets now. So get your tickets now. I, 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 I might have some news. I'll see if I can officially. Re- we'll we'll talk about it. I can. Yeah. I can. I, I might have to be able to officially release it soon. But yeah, it, it uh, helps when you it helps when you drink at the event a bunch. Exactly. Um. So so they they like DJ over there, but um. And I hope they like me too. But anyways, that's a joke. But um, but yeah, so we got a lot of stuff coming up there, and and yeah, just be be looking out for those events. And, and if you haven't gotten your tickets, gosh, by the time we air, like get your tickets and definitely check out Knoxville Craft Beer Week. It's going to be a really um, really neat week and a really fun thing to do. So yeah. Um, with that said, was there anything else from you, DJ? That's good. I'm good to go. Anything I'm- new in your beer fridge? Oh goodness gracious! I've been still I'm I'm still finishing that uh, last of the New Orleans beers. I have two more left from um, Urban South Brewing Company. So shout out to Urban South if anybody's yeah. in New Orleans listening. Mm-hmm. So there there's some some good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of anything I've had anything. You know what I've got new in my beer fridge? <laughs> the beer round. What? I've got. Um, oh, what is it? Oh, I totally drove a blank. No, it's um. Elkmont Brewing. They oh, nice. started canning yeah. it, something oh, yeah, we forgot to talk about. We did. We, we we both were there at the can release. I was <laughs> I was to their launch day. I, I, I was I was drinking my blues away. Yeah, crushing those table beers. Yeah, oh, and, those uh, table beers are so good. So I was I was I was me and me and some um, fellow ready clad at Manchester United fans were. Um, I'm sad. Over your sorrows. We were we were sad because of the FA Cup final. So, Aww. yeah, no. So, but we had a wonderful table beer to eliminate that uh, p- that pain. So it was good. Yeah, I came home with a six pack of their brown, and um, no, I, I love that brown. I'm I, I don't I don't say this lightly because I don't try to play favorites on the podcast. But seriously, it may be my favorite brown ale of all time. That brown, they're, 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 exactly that brown ale they have. That American brown is like. Yeah, is is top notch. Yeah, and I and I again I do not say that lightly, yeah. but it's, it's seriously yeah. like Alex, you've yeah. done a bang up job with it. Yeah. If you're listening, we love it. So I, I mean, I'm they're just like one of those things. It's like it's like what we're getting from them now, Elmont is just the tip of the iceberg, and yes, and you is. can say that about a lot about all of Knoxville. 
Well, I mean, look at look at like um, I'll say a brewery that shall rename nameless, just because I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, we don't ever want to talk negatively about a brewery. But what I'm one thing I've noticed is, and we'll just talk in generalities here. The breweries, um, from what I've noticed, it's like going from driving a four cylinder car to driving like a um, like a V8 or something like that. You know, it's like going from driving a little Fiat to, you know, a BMW M5, you know, or something crazy. It's, it's, it's a completely different ball game to go from home brewing to go to a professional brewing system. And what I've noticed is like some of the breweries when they start, it's like, oh, the beer's okay. It's not the oh. best. It's okay. It's not bad. It's not, it's, they don't have off flavors, but there's just something that's not quite there yet. What I've noticed is like if you give it if you give it time and you go back and, and don't don't go on the first like launch of the beer and go oh well this is how they're going to be all the time mm-hmm. they're improving because they're learning their systems better and and I've seen that in a lot of the breweries that have launched recently in Knoxville and um and, and not just one in particular I've noticed that with a bunch of them and so um, if if for some reason you have been like oh, I'm not a big fan of the local beers in Knoxville which I think you'd be crazy not to be because there's some fantastic beer here. Definitely go back. Definitely check it out because a lot of these breweries I'm noticing are, um, you know, it's not just that they're improving. They're already skilled at what they do, but they're just putting more. Um, it's just like they're getting better at the equipment that they're using, and it's creating better beer. And I would, I would, uh, I get in trouble if I forget to talk about this. I did get to see a um, sneak preview. I went to Open Streets. On on Sunday, which Open Streets is kind of like a street festival. Yeah, yeah. And and they close uh, down a street, and then you can walk up and down. on Severe Avenue. Yeah. I guess I had some good good Alliance beer, and and got to and went to the New South Coast Pizza, and and it's that's a pretty cool spot. But walked a little bit further down the street, and I got a sneak peek preview of Print Shop. Ooh, Print Shop Brewing Company. It looks it, it looks awesome inside. I mean, I mean, kind of that. Well, they're they're called Print Shop, and part of the reason is because one of their guys is a graphic designer, so it better yeah. look good. It looks really good in there. You get the the um, the setup looks nice. The tables, I like the kind of like the like the, the bronze looking tables are nice. The bar, the concrete bar, you got the kind of the um, the kind of mosaic look, looking tiles or the white like mosaic looking tiles behind on on the tap tap wall. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that looks like a killer little spot. Um, I think it's going to be cool. I didn't get to get didn't get to, to taste test anything. They had a wonderful selection of high C, Yuhu's water, and so <laughs> that was clever. Their their Yuhu IPA is off on point. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you ever do a double Yuhu? No. The double Yuhu. A du- double Yuhu IPA? Oh du- no, double Yuhu. No, I never just, had. You just pour two Yuhus together. Exactly. Glass. There you go. Double Yuhu. Yeah, I should have I should have mixed the Yuhu and the IC together. No, maybe see what. No, no. You you know what you can do with soda that you can't do with beer is a suicide. Oh well, mix yeah, all the sodas well, together. Well, it's just the that's the the catch all bucket. Do you really want to drink that, DJ? Yeah, you, that's what we used to do. You used to pay like the the drunkest guy in your in your group that went out the yeah to drink the catch all bucket. But but the difference is like as a kid you voluntarily. Made a suicide. You wouldn't voluntarily drink the catch-all bucket unless you like just really hated yourself. Yeah, it's not the same thing. So, anyways, yeah. Um, all that rambling conversation to say, man, it's been fun. It's been fun. 
And um, and yeah, so as as we wrap up the podcast, just a just a friendly reminder the, to those listening, um, please do go and um, rate us on your podcast listening service, whether that's Stitcher or Podbean or um, iTunes or Google Play. Like, give us you know, give us a rating, give us a review, let us know what you think of the podcast. It's like I've been using a, a cast cast box is what it's called. Okay. And it's really good um, when you subscribe. It, it gives you that um, push notification, like like pretty fast. It's like within within thirty minutes of when you release the podcast. Yeah, it's out there. So like a lot of those services and stuff. If you um, um, subscribe, that you'll get that notification saying, "Hey, Humblebee is out." Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> so so you know, go go subscribe. Obviously, you've subscribed, or you wouldn't be listening more than likely. But um, you know, go rate us and, and find us online. Um, you know, you can always find us on social media if you want to reach out to us. Um, Facebook, we actually respond pretty quickly. If you want to message us there privately, have questions, or um, want to have a contribution to the show as we kind of evolve and change after these forty episodes, we're kind of having a midlife crisis. I guess after you turn forty, you have a midlife crisis. We're having our midpod crisis. Oh, this is not really the middle of our. Of our podcast, we have hundreds more to go, and hundreds, more. hundreds more episodes to go. I'm sure, but um, we're but as we as we grow and the, evolve, we love. We're going to be the Methuselah podcast. <laughs> That's the goal. But you know, as we grow and evolve, definitely want to hear input from our fans and our listeners, um, in 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 any way, shape, or form we can. So so go on there. You know, you find us humble beer pod at humble beer pod on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. And then online, humblebeerpodcast.com. So, yeah, with that said, this has been Chris Hill. This is DJ Loop. Remember to stay humble and dry new beer. I'm halfway down in the bottom of a bottle and I ain't going to change my way.